Blog Talk Radio. Today we play great moments in opera. Okay, cute table. In 1710, I by Handel. Uh, this was Handel's last opera that he composed. Hey, Tumbuckle Tumbuckle fans, welcome to the show here on another Sunday afternoon. We're glad you are with us, and hopefully if you have some pro wrestling near you today, you'll get out there, support your local independent pro wrestling, and without any further ado, I want to welcome today's guest onto the show. He is from the great state of Texas, Reggie Lincoln. Thank you very much for taking the time to be with us here today. Thank you, thank you, man. I'm glad to be here. Well, since it is your first time with Turnbuckle Turmoil here today, I'm going to throw you the traditional first-timer question to start. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Oh, man. Well, I've been a fan of it since I was five years old. And to be honest, I grew up. I grew up in Waxahachie, Texas, where Joe Tim Brooks was a famous uh, wrestler from there. And he had a school. I said, hey, I need to build a sports void in my life, something to give me an excuse to work out and everything. So I went into that like, after, I fe- after a failed boxing career. Oh. Tim Brooks is a pretty well-known trainer. Um, were, were you familiar with Tim Brooks' his wrestling career when you went into his training school, or did you uh, go in not knowing much about Tim Brooks? Uh, I had no choice. When, when you were walking into Texas, you have no choice but to know about Killer Brooks. But very, very you know, I got because I, I realized like, and I'm, I'm finally talking about this for the first time ever. When I finally realized boxing wasn't for me, I got into wrestling instead. Now, you obviously had to have been in some uh, pretty good shape to be in boxing, no matter if you made it as a boxer or not. When you get into, uh, when you're in wrestling training, and you're starting out in a different sport like that, did you find the conditioning to be completely different from boxing, or did your boxing background kind of give you an advantage as far as being in shape? I was in better shape at the time. Um, there are certain things that are different, but really, I honestly got, like, my, box, like my boxing training. I'm not going to say the name of my trainers or anything, but... I would say I did not have the best workouts at the time either. And really what made me leave boxing because I realized I was doing it before I was even ready. But when it came to wrestling, um, I actually adjusted better to wrestling training than I did with boxing training. But there are some differences. There really are. But then there are some similarities as well. You know, you know, you got to know how to move around and ring in both sports. And, you know, you got to be in shape for both sports. You really do. Despite 
Now, in your career, you've been around a few years now uh, in professional wrestling. You've gone to quite a few different places uh, for your state-wide uh, wrestling career. You've gone to several states. What so far is the longest trip that you had to make for wrestling? 16 hours. A 16-hour drive from San Angelo, Texas, all the way to Lincoln, Nebraska, for Mid-American Wrestling. And which that now, was you, a great show. Oh, I, I bet, yeah. Now, when you go to Lincoln, Nebraska, being Reggie Lincoln, did you immediately tell the fans that Lincoln was your town? Actually, I didn't get to do all of that. I did not get the chance to do all of that, unfortunately. Ah. Well, hopefully in the future. Oh, I hope so. Now, in the last year, obviously things have changed tremendously in pro wrestling uh, due to the pandemic. Things are starting to sort of get back to normal. One of the things I think we're going to see a lot of this summer from every promotion, even if they don't normally do this, is running outdoor shows. I think it's going to be a little more common to do outdoor shows over the summer just because of uh, restrictions and safety concerns. Do you personally have a preference when it comes to Outdoor shows versus indoor shows? I, I, I'm going to be honest. Um, it really depends on the environment I'm in as well. Like, when I when I wrestled for Anarchy Championship Wrestling, it was nothing but outdoor shows. I mean, it was inside of a venue, but it was all outdoors. It was like outdoors, period. Um, I done wrestled in the rain before. Uh I've done all of that, but mainly I prefer indoor just because I don't have to worry about another factor getting in the way of, you know, what I have to do in the ring. I would love to kick this guy, but I'm going to hurt myself because it's raining or something like that. Now, a lot of wrestlers in the last year or so since they've had less opportunities for bookings as the general rule than they had previously a lot of us have been relying on merchandising for making up some of the lost revenue a lot of wrestlers have really been utilizing pro wrestling tees and brain buster tees and things of that nature some people have uh, just relied solely on selling it themselves to people uh, via mail orders. Do you uh, rely a lot on merchandising as far as your own personal career? Well, I always rely on merchandising for my career because like, I want I want that's how people get to know you. That's how people become fans of you. Now I also have a shoe job until. Uh, and a simple shoe job at that uh, when when the pandemic was going on. So, I mean, I survived with that. 
But I did re- I do rely on merchandising as well. I, I have my own pro wrestling tea store, and uh, to a certain extent, it was successful for a little bit. But you know, you can only sell so much until you have to come out with something new or something like that, or you got to run it to new people. Now, obviously, uh, when you merchandise yourself and you get your name out there, uh, it's going to attract fans. And pre-pandemic, independent wrestling was not. Uh, there's a lot of interest for the independent companies. I think the streaming services have really opened things up to drawing interest at the independent level. Uh, you go to a lot of shows in Oklahoma and Texas and uh, Mississippi and other places. What, to this point, has been the largest crowd where you've performed? That, that's a good question. That is a real good question. Wow. Yeah, you, you kind of stumped me on this one because I, I don't, I don't perform in front of some, I don't perform in front of some crowds. I really have like crowds like at, at Square Circle Pro in Lubbock. You know, they they'll reach like three hundred or something people. They'll uh, at least pre-pandemic. Um, I, I I know I work security for WWE, which you know that I mean I'm barely performing, but I am performing. Uh, and that was in front of a crowd in San Antonio in 2018. So, I mean, if you count that as a performance, that's my biggest performance. But if you don't, then uh, that, that that's Elite Wrestling Association uh, back in 2019 where I just performed as a commentator. And that was a very large crowd. A large crowd around 400, maybe, maybe more. I could be wrong. That's definitely not a bad crowd at all, for sure. Now, when you're doing something for WWE, obviously, even if it's like security or you're an extra or whatever, it's going to be a different environment than what most independent shows would be what were some of the differences you noticed just from observing between being on a show that WWE produces versus what you would normally experience on the independent level? Everything got to be on point and on cue in WWE Uh, compared to the indie shows. I, when you're assigned something, that's what you're assigned. No complaining or nothing like that. And when the camera is on, you gotta know how to, you gotta know what to do in front of the camera. You really do. Like those people in WWE, they work hard. Everybody work hard there. Like it's so put together to a point. Like when you're told to do something, everybody has a key part. And if you don't do it right, things will fall apart. While like in independent wrestling, if you slip up, you can recover quickly. You really can. But in WWE, you know, 
even people that are fans of independent wrestling, if they see you slip up, that's going to stick with you, whether you recover from it or not. And pretty much, I mean, it's a good environment. And when I first went there, I said I worked hard to get to this point. And then when I seen, when I finally got there, and I seen what everything they do, I was like, wow, I have not worked hard enough. Like, these people work hard. Like, so when I see, like, fans or anybody like that say, hey, this person don't deserve this, you know, I got to say, yes, they do. They do deserve this. They they worked hard for it. Well, at this point in time, my co-host Cute Evokes is standing by, and I know that Cute has questions, so I'm going to pass things along to him. All right, let's do it. Well, thank you, Sun Guy. Hello, Mr. Lincoln. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, well I just got back from an interstate uh, road trip wrestling event myself where uh, pretty much for the first time I traveled to one state to another uh, to watch wrestling. It was a long road trip. Oh, I, bet, I bet it was. Well, Mr. Lincoln... I saw your YouTube video entitled Reggie Lincoln versus Tristan Thorne. And this event took place in Tool, Texas for SOAR Championship Wrestling, S-O-A-R, on August 4th, 2018. Uh, Was this your first match against Tristan, Tristan Thorne? That was my first match against Tristan Thorne. Well... Actually, that was my sec- that was my first singles match against Tristan Thorne. Like the other time, the last time I worked him before that was this six man scramble match. When we were all over the really? place then. Can you tell us a little bit about this six man scramble match? Who were some? Who were your partners, and who was Tristan's uh, partners? Well, we didn't have partners. It was everybody. It, it was everybody for themselves. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it was in Oklahoma. And it was Sam Stackhouse, Father Page, Dean Lambert, Tristan Thorne, myself, and who am I missing here? Uh, Brock Landers. Oh, wow. Okay. Who was the winner of this match? The winner of that match was Father Page. Ooh. Now, how big of a, how big of a man is he? Does he? I thought I heard something about him going six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, he, 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 that's pretty accurate. Martial uh, arts best. Oh, yes. He was he into martial arts? Did he have a martial arts background? Yes, he does. He oh, does okay. have a martial arts background. Now, are you? your speaking of martial arts. Are you yourself a big fan of Chuck Norris or Bruce Lee? <laughs> to live in the house of my grandmother, you have to be a fan of that. She watched too much Walker, Texas Ranger for that. Oh, all right. Did she, did she, at any time in her life, did she get mad at you for taking extra cookies and pull a Chuck Norris move on you? That's what I want to know. I don't know if Chuck Norris uh, gave those kind of beatings, but um, 
No, I couldn't get the cookies. I was I was too short at the time, and she'll put them in a very high place. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, if you want to know where I learned how to fight, it was my grandma. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Lincoln, this match took place in a building with four large roll-up doors, and if you looked outside these doors one could see a large open field. Do you recall what this building was used for when it was not hosting wrestling events? It was the tool fire department. Oh, okay, the fire department. Okay. Oh, all right. It was the fire department. And that was a show show for tool and to help with the fire department. Wow, all right, okay. Well, I know one wrestler in the in the Northwest that made a trip to Indiana, and he had an unfortunate incident with some firemen in the ring. The firemen weren't properly trained, and through this wrestler that I, that I uh, know in passing, over the top rope, and uh, the, his foot kind of got caught in the top rope, and he did a header on the uh, concrete below. Uh, do you, oh. Did you yourself have any unfortunate incidents with firemen? That's what I'm asking. No, sir, not at all. Oh, okay. But, but <laughs> you know, he, he's in the right place. I mean, firefighters can't help him if that, that was the case. You know, call the ambulance or whatever. Uh, an ambulance was called, yes. Yes. And uh, later on down the road, I will reveal to you in an exclusive Turnbuckle Turmoil scoop who that wrestler was. Stand by. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. I, I will reveal that. Okay. Well, well, I'm Mr. Lincoln... Oh, okay. Yes. It, well, it's quite graphic. A little bit graphic, but okay. Um, Mr. Lincoln... I noticed that you made your entrance through a door that was about 11 feet above the floor and right next to a yellow banner with black lettering on a wall for the staircase. Oh, uh, and uh, uh, next to the wall on a staircase was a temperature gauge and a mailbox with a flag down. My question is, did you ever think of having a fan run over to this mailbox when you were making your entrance and have him or her keep putting the flag up and down and yell, Mr. Lincoln is like the post office. He always delivers. Did you ever think of this? No, I did not. I should have. Oh, man, I need you around me. Oh, okay. My next question is, were you a big fan of the mailman, Carl Malone? Oh, man, growing up, I was always rooting for Michael Jordan against him. Oh, okay. What did you think of Carl Malone when he had his WWE wrestling match, when he made his appearance? Oh, well, in WCW, that's actually what made me a full-time wrestling fan when I seen Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman at Bash of the Beach in 96. That's what made yeah. me a full-time wrestling fan right there. Because at first, I was a big basketball fan. And then I seen Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone 
and bashing the beach, and, I, and I'm just secretly hoping and wishing that Michael Jordan would make an appearance to join the NWO. Wow, now that would have been epic. That Very, very epic, yes. I was there waiting for Michael now, Jordan. He never showed up, obviously, but I, I was still a fan. I loved it all. I, I wish uh, Wilt the, I wish Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain would have made an appearance. Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. Yes, yes. What did you think about Dennis Rodman's uh, uh, bash at the beach? Did you think uh, Dennis Rodman performed admirably? And should Dennis, is Dennis Rodman in the Wrestling Hall of Fame? I'm not sure myself. Well, I'll say this. Um, well, the NWO is already in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't Dennis Rodman count as that, too? Or is it just certain members of the NWO that's in the Hall of Fame and not the NWO as a whole? Ooh, that, I'm not sure. I'll have to do research on that. If not, I'm going, to, I, I'm going to start a movement in the Northwest to get Dennis Rodman into the Hall of Fame. Yes. You know what? That would be a good idea. That's a great idea. I would, I would sign that petition. Oh, you would. Okay. Well, yes, I, I will start get. I will start a petition, and I will get you. You'll be the first one to sign it. Yes. That'd be a great honor. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Mr. Lincoln, in that match with Christian Thorne. Uh, in the fire department building. If you freeze the video at the two minute and 42 second mark, you can see Trishan Thorne sitting on the ropes and gazing out the hangar doors while you were sneaking up on him and you were thinking about hitting him with a sign on a, a stick that you were carrying. And I could not see any lettering or words on it. My question is, are there any truths truths to the rumors out of Shelton, Washington, from my uh, wrestling sources out of Shelton, Washington, that the sign said, my wife is a Muslim and not a terrorist, but I'm I'm scared of her anyway. Is that what your sign said? (laughs) No, no. You're trying to get me killed. Okay. (laughs) All right. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Well, one of my wrestling sources in the Northwest said your sign said in black letters, what do we want? And then in red letters it, below it, it said time travel. And then it said in black letters, when do we want it? And then in red letters below that, it said it, it's irrelevant. <laughs> Is that what was on the sign? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> that should have been on the someone, sign. Someone said that was on your sign. And uh, I like that because time travel time travel has been a frequent subject on the on the Turnbuckle Turmoil show. Time travel. Really? Yes, which leads into my next question. If you could uh, uh, time travel... Would your number one priority be to go back into the 1950s or 1960s 
and wrestle in Madison Square Garden against the Crusher? I would want to be the guy. I would travel. I would actually travel back into the '80s or the '70s, and I would be the guy that ends Hulkamania. Whoa. Okay. All right. Would your number one priority also, uh, or let's say number two, pri- uh, number two priority would be to uh, form a tag team with the Ultimate Warrior? How about that? Oh. I don't know about that one. That wouldn't be the number two priority. In How about Shawn Michaels? Oh, okay. okay. All right. The number two priority would be prettier than Shawn Michaels. Oh, okay. To out pretty Shawn right. Michaels, then I'd be the heartbreak kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Would you? Would your number one tag team you wanna would want to work with? If you could tra- time travel, would be the British Bulldogs. Would that be your number one priority? Repeat the question. You cut out, buddy. Oh, okay. It w- would the number one tag team uh, be uh, for if you had a choice to work with? If you could time travel, would that be the British Bulldogs? Although the British Bulldogs are great, that would not be number one. They'll probably be number two. Oh, who would be number one? The Road Warriors. Road Warriors. Oh, very good choice. Okay. All right. Road Warriors. How about, okay. How about the Powers of Pain? <laughs> They'll be on that list, too, but they wouldn't be number one or number two. Okay. All right. Say if you could time travel back to the 80s, who would be your top two managers to work with? Would one be Bobby Heenan? Jimmy Hart. Oh, okay. Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Okay. Now here's, Mr. Lincoln, here's a trivia question. Did you know that Jimmy Hart uh, once belonged in in a band in the 1960s called the Gentries, and they, the Gentries had a hit song called Keep on Dancing. Did you know this? No, I did not know this. Oh, okay. Well, Mr. Lincoln, we at Turnbuckle Turmoil often assign homework assignments. And after this show is over, your homework assignment is to look up the Gentries and the song Keep on Dancing, which Jimmy Hart played an integral part in. Jimmy Hart. I'll definitely check it out. I'll do my homework. Okay. All right. Now, uh, here's a warning. It's kind of the polar opposite of NWA's Straight Outta Compton. It's not really like that. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's quite the opposite. Yes. Okay. Quite the opposite, huh? Yes. Quite the opposite. Check that out. Oh, all right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, Mr. Lincoln, you told Sign Guy that you were training to be a boxer. What did you think about the recent passing of one of the best middleweight boxers of all time, Marvelous Marvin Hagler? Oh, man, that was, that was tragic. That was tragic. It was, that was a great man right there. Great skills. Yeah. Yes, did you 
Did you happen to see his Tommy the Hitman Hearns? I went back and watched it. Because that was a long time ago. But I went back and watched it just, just to gaze in the memory. Yes. How did you, was, uh, did you all, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, did you, did you happen to see on YouTube his fight when he traveled to England and he took, and he took on Alan Minter, the English champion? No, I have not went back and watched that one. I have not watched oh, okay. that one. I, when he passed away, the first thing I watched was, was the fight with uh, Hitman Hearns. Do you yourself know any wrestlers with the nickname Hitman? Oh, that's a good question. I wonder. Yeah, uh, I, I, I myself know. haven't heard any. Yeah, I don't know. My mind drew blank on that one. Oh, okay. All right, no problem. Uh, Mr. Lincoln, who was the man in the black shirt and red tie with black glasses and with a watch on his left left wrist that stood by ringside when you wrestled. Oh, that, that's the only manager I that's the only manager ever that I've ever had. Um, the only manager that matters that he got, he's retired now, but it, that's, his name is John K. Wood, the Texas Hammer. Ooh, the Texas Hammer, huh? Yes, the Texas Hammer, John K. Wood. Are there any YouTube videos out there of him wrestling in his youth? No, there is not, unfortunately. Oh, but he okay. was one of the best managers around before he retired. Okay, all right. Well, Mr. Lincoln, who was the toughest lady that you ever that that you ever wrestled? The toughest lady. And the women, well, there's only, and actually only one woman that I've ever wrestled. And that's oh, okay. Tell, oh, how did, how did you do against her? I didn't win. Oh. I definitely did not win. Oh, okay. She is tough. She is tough. And, yeah, she, she uses everything to her advantage. Wow, Okay. All right. And she just recently retired. So much love to her. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Lincoln, what is your primary source of entrance music? Entrance music is usually a subject on on this show. What do you usually use as entrance music? Something inspirational. Oh okay. Something inspirational that I can walk to. That says, hey, that's me. That's my style. No matter what genre the music is, because I came out to different genres of music before. Uh, Have you ever? Usually, I try to make it original, too. Have you ever considered uh, using the song? Have you ever considered using the song Rock, Rock Lobster by the B-52s which is a favorite of Peter Griffin. <laughs> uh, 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 never considered it. But you know what? At my next show in Oklahoma, I will, I will come out to one of those songs just for you. Hey, that'd 
that'd be great. Okay. This will be a, uh, it's like a turnbuckle turmoil request. Yes, that you do this. Rock Lobster. Rock Lobster, huh? Yes, by the beach of the Jews. All right, let's and do if, it. And if, and if you could look up Peter Griffin playing Rock Lobster on his acoustic guitar and maybe somehow have that on a big screen above the wrestling stands, that would be, that would be great. Oh, yeah, I remember that episode of Family Guy. Oh, okay. Well, at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to Sign Guy. All right, my man. Thank you. Yes, back to you, Sign Guy. QT? Well, Reggie, as someone that's been around for a while, uh, you've probably been able to pick up an eye for evaluating talent and I know there's a lot of great young talent out there just in general on the independent scene. I'm sure there's a lot of younger talents in your area where you normally work. Who are some of the better younger talents that you've seen recently that promoters may not know just yet, but you think have the potential to be great stars? All right. So let me start off with, well, you know about LBU. Yes. Um, great talent. Um, young man named, by the name of Zach Moore. Zach Moore. He he is a great young talent. Um, Pineapple Jack. That's another great talent. Who else can I say here? Maui Mike. Um, there's. There's a guy by the name Smoke the Reaper. There's a guy, um, who can I say? T-Ray. He goes by the name T-Ray. Great talent. Great talent. Like, he was known as best, Texas' best kept secret, but I don't think he's going to be a secret too long. Always the goal of a young talent to not be a secret when you're looking to advance up through the ranks. Oh, yeah. Tino Valentino. Oh, right. Well, that's definitely a good list of young talent out there, and I'm familiar with the bigger part of those talents, and they definitely are good. Now, you mentioned Pineapple Jack. And over the last year, I have noticed an influx in wrestling of people with pineapple-based names. You have Pineapple Jack. In Utah, there is a wrestler named Pineapple-clad Tom Chad. And then, of course, at AEW, Sugar Dunkerton had a run as Pineapple Pete. What do you think it is, recent trend in wrestling, where guys are using pineapple in their ring personas. Because pineapple is one of the greatest fruits of to man. I, I, that's what I think. Like, pineapple is one of the greatest fruits of all time, so I guess why not use it? You know, and, you know, there's guys that want to be tropical. What's more tropical than a pineapple? 
That's very true. Now, of course, uh, Roddy Piper had the infamous Piper's Pit with Jimmy Snuka where he had the coconuts and bananas and the pineapples, and he ended up shattering the coconut on the head of Jimmy Snuka. Have you ever been on a show where someone has used a pineapple as a foreign object on a, an opponent? Because I know pineapples, before you cut them and make them into a grapefruit snack or a very delicious juice, they are extremely hard. I have yet to see that. Surprisingly, I have not seen a pineapple be used as a weapon. Sure, your knee pads, but I don't see why people couldn't just sit it in the corner and then sneakily use it if there was a distraction on the poor official. I mean, it's a good idea for a weapon to use. It really is. What? I just haven't seen it used yet. Maybe Pineapple Jack could do it one day. I wouldn't be surprised if that was something Pineapple Jack did. Now, being around for as long as you have, I'm sure you've seen a variety of things that were definitely used as a weapon. From what you've seen on shows across the area where you wrestle, what are some of the strangest items that you've seen implemented by a wrestler during a match? Repeat your question. What are some of the strangest items that you've seen implemented by a wrestler during a match? One time I tried to use an Afro pick. I tried to use that as a weapon. Um, there's a wrestler by the name Mikey. And his teddy bear is a, ref, is a weapon. He carries a teddy bear around. That teddy bear is a weapon. How did the referee disqualify the wrestler that used the teddy bear for outside interference? No, he didn't. The ref was distracted. Well, Hopefully the referee will catch up the next time. Uh, clearly outside interference. No. But, but that's, that's also because the teddy bear is considered his manager. Outside interference is just like a manager if he were to interfere in the match. Now, we were talking about merchandising with you earlier one of the things that a lot of wrestlers will eventually do, which is, in a way, merchandise, is write their own autobiography. Uh, we've seen in the last 20 years a very large number of wrestlers write their stories. Is writing an autobiography at any point something that you have considered, or is it something that you've never thought of doing before? I never thought of doing that. 
At least not yet. I would like to do more with myself before I even consider an autobiography. Definitely understand that for sure. Out of all the wrestling autobiographies and the biographies on older wrestlers and uh, historical books on wrestling, if you had to narrow it down to a small few books that you would recommend to someone that might be new to pro wrestling that wants to learn more about the history of the sport and the people in it, what are some of the books that you would recommend? Let's see. You know what? I just read up on Killing the Business. Um, the Young Bucks. And that was pretty good. Like, That was pretty good. Young Bucks Killing the Business. That was one of them that was pretty good. Um, have a Nice Day, Mick Foley. I would suggest that one. And let's see. Maybe the Stone Cold Truth. Uh, this, that, that's not bad. You know, those are a few that I would recommend. Now, in addition to books, wrestling has also been captured on film as far as movies go. We've seen a lot of theatrical releases in the last 70 years or so. Uh, wrestling has always kind of been something that can easily be put into a script for a movie, and you get a lot of wrestling scenes in there which are easy to do for movie studios. What would you say have been some of the better pro wrestling related movies? I finally talked about this online. Uh, I said, which is which is now my favorite movie, uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon. The Peanut Butter Falcon, like that, that's that's a great wrestling movie. Um, of course, you have movies like The Wrestler and Ready to Rumble, and you know other wrestling movies. But I would like if, if I could suggest one to anybody, it's The Peanut Butter Falcon. I will definitely have to look that up. I, that one is one I have not seen as of yet, so I have my homework to do. Now, in the area of the country where you primarily work, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, that area, it traditionally has been fans tend to get a lot more rowdy, a lot more into the action, and we've seen historically a lot of uh, incidents with the fans that took things too far with the wrestlers. Have you been on a show in that area of the country where there has been a problem with the fans trying to attack the wrestlers or uh, they maybe started throwing things towards the ring, anything of that type of nature? Yes. Actually, more recently, two years ago, 
I'll go out there, cut my promo. And you know, and you know the different times we living in. You know, certain people don't like certain things. Um, at the beginning of the show, I took a knee during the national anthem, and this was in one of those small towns in Texas. Like very small, like population is like in the three digit towns. Uh, I took a knee, I cut my promo, you know, got booed the whole time, you know, and the match, well, my partner and I, we won our match as we're exiting and leaving the crowd, the security is uh, walking with us and everything, this this fan, this woman pulled a knife out on the, on me. So we had to rush back there. Like, my partner and I, we had to rush back to the backstage while security backed her up because she pulled a knife out on me. And a least violent incident was another place, like Paris, Texas, where I pretty much did the same thing. And and it, it was least violent because, well, a bunch of kids threw Twinkies at me. Wow. A bunch of kids threw Twinkies at me. I and I'm sitting there like that was that was the least violent but riding moment. Yep. Definitely not gonna do a lot of damage, but just having fans throwing anything in general is usually kind of unnerving when you're out there for sure. It is. It is. Now, from my own personal experiences in wrestling, I don't think it's as common as it was maybe 20, 30 years ago, but in wrestling there's been several instances where a wrestler will go to the ring impaired, whether he's had too much to drink prior to a match or uh, ingested other substances that have affected him. Um I don't see it very often anymore, but I know it has happened, and it used to be a much more common thing in wrestling. Have you ever personally been into the ring with someone that was under the influence at the time? Man, that, that, that's a tough question. I didn't think I was going to get asked that question. But um, unfortunately, I have. Uh, it was a long time ago. I'm not going to say names or anything like that. I'm not going to say the name of the person. But I will say he was definitely under the influence. I was very upset. And just, like, it was, and it was, the match was not good at all. And I was embarrassed for what happened. I was embarrassed about the match, and it, you know the, the the promoter, the booker, like they were upset. It, it, it was it was a crazy situation. Yes, the guy was extremely intoxicated. Well, hopefully every 
body got out of that situation in one piece and nothing seriously wrong happened. Uh, the, the, worst, the worst that happened was it was a terrible match. Well, if that's the worst that happened, that's a lucky break for sure because it can definitely lead to much more tragic events. Now, in pro wrestling, obviously, it's a physical sport and things happen that uh, cause all of us the occasional bump and bruise and uh, if you're in it for very long, eventually you're going to have an injury out there. What are some of the ways that you have learned as a wrestler to deal with the everyday aches and pains of pro wrestling? Do you have any type of regiment that you do in order to keep the pain at a bay so you can perform? Oh, man. Like, I already have bad knees at that, so like always have some ice out and some alcohol with you, and rubbing alcohol with you, that's for sure. Um, as as somebody as somebody that has had concussions in this business, I would say do not travel by yourself. I I mean sometimes I have, but. You always need somebody to travel with because you could not be able to capable to drive yourself, and you would need somebody with you at all times. Like you gotta have someone to watch your back, and uh, that's one thing. Like at least when when it comes to concussions, at least like sometimes they they, they happen. They really do. But as far as knees and everything, always have some icy hot, some biofreeze or something, some kind of muscle rub with you, because you're going to feel it. Whether you want to or not, you're going to feel it. Like, the only way you're not going to feel it is if you don't bump. And you just stand there the whole time. For sure. QT has a delayed question that he wanted to ask, so I'm going to give things back over to QT for his delayed question for you. What's up, QT? Hey, very good. Uh, uh, Mr. Lincoln, it is well known that Randy Savage played minor league baseball. My question is, if you were a pitcher, and had the chance to pitch to Randy in a minor league game, would you have pitched him inside and close to his knees with a 97-mile-per-hour fastball like Nolan Ryan in an attempt to intimidate him? (laughs) I don't know if there's anybody in the world that can intimidate Macho Man, but and the thing is, I played catcher when I played baseball. But when I pitch, I, I would. But I would make the attempt. You are right. Yeah, I would make that attempt. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. Now, were you a big, big fan of Johnny Bench of the Big Red Machine, Cincinnati Reds? 
No, I, was, I didn't pay much attention to the Reds. Oh, okay. I'm a Reds fan. For, for the record, can you uh, tell our Turnbuckle Turmoil fans your favorite baseball team? The Texas Rangers. Now, if if it could if you if you could time travel and arrange and, and have arranged for a hawk and animal to be on the Texas Rangers, would they have won the World Series? Hawk and animal. Oh, <laughs> uh, I for sure think they would have won the World Series. Okay. What position would Hawk have played, and what position would Animal have played? Catcher. Well, okay, both of them. Okay. Yeah, because at that point, people will be too intimidated to score. Do you believe Hawk would have possessed more Jose Canseco-like qualities than Animal? Jose Canseco. <laughs> That's a good question. It is. That's a real good question. Oh, man. I would believe Animal would possess more Jose Canseco-like qualities. It's just me. Why is that, man? Well, just look at the style of of his haircut, based solely on his haircut and the look in his eyes. The look in his eyes. I think they were a little bit more uh, lost and at the same time intimidating. That's my – he was more Jose Canseco-like around the eyes. Yes. I'm going to have to agree with you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Now, of all the managers in wrestling, would you pick Mr. Fuji to manage the Texas Rangers? Mr. Fuji. Out of all the managers – Yes. Mr. Fuji is a bad. He is a bad at all. But I wouldn't pick him to manage the Rangers. Okay, how about Jim Cornette? I like Jim too, but I gotta go with Paul on this one. All right. Yeah. So I can't see. I I don't really see any manager carrying a tennis racket around the Texas Rangers. That's more like the Boston Red Sox. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's more that thing. Yeah, I gotta go with Paul on that one. Oh, Paul right. Ellering. Paul Ellering, not Paul Heyman. Oh, Ellering. Okay. Very good. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, once again, uh, good luck with your homework assignment of looking at Peter Griffin sings Rock Lobster and incorporating that into your entrance music, and I'm turning it back over to Sign Guy. All right, Sign Guy. Thank you, QT. Well, Reggie Lincoln, I would like to give you the answer to QT's earlier uh, commentary, the wrestler that had the incident with the fireman where he took a header onto the cement floor. It was me. That was me that had the incident. Wow. I I got the last laugh. I healed up and that cement floor still has a dent in it to this day. Oh. Um wow. we're, get, 
We're getting down to the last few minutes of the show, so I want to make sure you have plenty of time if you would like to say anything to the listeners and plug and promote anything, social media, merchandise, upcoming shows, your favorite seafood restaurant, anything in the world, the floor is yours. All right. First of all, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, and um, please just follow me on all my social media platforms, uh, the Reggie Lincoln on Instagram, Reggie Lincoln 91 on Twitter, uh, and just Reggie Lincoln on TikTok. Yes, I started a TikTok. Um, and if you want to buy any shirts of Reggie Lincoln's or the Soldiers of Truth, just go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Reggie Lincoln and become one of the only fans that matter. Well, Reggie Lincoln, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. We definitely appreciate you taking time to be with us, and hopefully we will get to do this again soon sometime. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to come on the show. I feel honored. Absolutely our pleasure. Thank you so much. Fans, jump on the YouTube. Look up Reggie Lincoln. He does great work in the ring. I think you'll enjoy him. Buy a ticket and go see him when he's going to be in a town near you. He travels near and far in the Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mississippi region. So be on the lookout for a show near you or hearing. We'll be back with you Friday afternoon with the tag team Anarchy Inc. And a week from today, we'll be back with you with Women of Wrestling's Siren. So it should be a great week next week. Everybody stay safe out there. Support your local independents. Maybe pick up some T-shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. Help support the wrestlers financially. And we'll be back with you soon. Ah!